When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor with more than 35 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. You'll learn to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently. Also, be sure to check out Jen's book, Launch, How to Take Your Business to New Heights. Available on Amazon. For a signed copy, contact Jen at jenduplessis.com. Now, here is certified mortgage planner and CEO of Kinetic Spark Consulting, Jen Duplessis. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis. I have a wonderful guest with us today, Steve Kyles, and he is the founder of the Loan Officer Leadership Podcast and Facebook group for which I've now been pleasure. I had the pleasure of joining and participating and I'm so excited. So Steve, welcome to the show. Hey Jen, thank you for allowing me to be a part of what you are doing. And it's been so much fun just getting to know you and learning more about the community. But you and I have uh, kind of been or seen each other uh, yeah. across the aisle, I guess is how you would right. say it. We've been it. paralleling so for a long time, yes. right? <laughs> yeah, I and love I it. You. Well, and you've reached, yeah. I think it's awesome. And I Hey, better late than never. And that's what's the important thing, right? Absolutely. Thrilled to be here with you and thrilled to have you with the Loan Officer Leadership Community. I know last week you jumped on an important town hall where we just talked about relevant topics in today's changing environment. And your voice in this Loan Officer Community is such a breath of fresh air. Your experience and and really your fortitude. And I love even the positive nature of your message and just love it. So it's great to be here and be with you on your podcast. Well, thank you. I'm so tickled to have you. So one of the reasons that I wanted to bring you on is because, you know, I love talking to loan officers and managers, you know, because you've got a story and we want to hear your whole story. But I love talking to people in our industry that are, you know, still out there pushing it, you know, every day. And I, I think I mentioned last week in the on that particular call and I've mentioned on this podcast, you know, that while I don't have a license, I still originate but I originate in the non-owner occupied world, which doesn't require licensing for some very quirky stuff, you know, uh, for flip, fix and flips and buy and holds that are in that market. And so I'm still out in the trenches. I still call on realtors. So there's nothing that anyone can pull the wool over my eyes about what's really happening out in the marketplace because I'm still doing it. I'm just doing it in a different category, in a different level, in a different way. So that said, Tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about, if you don't mind sharing, just in a couple of minutes here about how you got into the business. And then, you know, what was your tipping point that, that took you on a trajectory that now led you to where you're at now? Yeah. Hey, well, well thank you for that. And it's, it's interesting. So I'm 43 years old. I've been in the business for 18 years. And I can remember I got into the business and really because I, I understood it was that at this point, looking back, I recognized it was my calling. It's what I was, I was created to do. And I know that sounds interesting, but I was 25 years old. I was newly married. I was a musician at a large church in, in Houston, Texas, uh, playing and leading music. And uh, I knew 
that I was supposed to get into the mortgage business. Uh, I had flipped homes. Uh, my brother and I bought our first investment property when we were 19 years old. Jen, we watched one of those crazy get rich quick yeah. shows. Uh, it was yeah. a guy named Russ Dalby. I don't even know if people I don't even remember know if who he's he was. Around. Yeah, I don't know that name. Yeah. It's so crazy. And we bought our very first investment property. We were 19, 20 years old. We paid $6,000 for a home. <laughs> and I came from a poor family. We didn't have 6,000. So I borrowed a thousand on my credit card. My right. twin brother borrowed a thousand on his credit card. Then we got a guy, we convinced him to get loan us 2,000 and the seller held a $2,000 note. Oh my God. We bought a house for six and a week later we sold it for 10 and I fell in love with real estate. Fast forward a few years later, we were buying and selling and flipping homes and uh, we partnered with somebody we, we shouldn't have. We went into just a financial turmoil. We had four houses in foreclosure, quarter million dollars in debt, uh, $1.2 million in homes we couldn't do anything with. And I was making $250 a week playing music. And I just realized this is not working. And so really just prayed about what the direction was. And I, and I knew there was a coming and I knew this is what I was supposed to do. And so in 2003, I got fully licensed. My wife joined me in 2005. We grew a team that we sold eight years ago. And then I just recently made a move to another company that I feel like I'll literally spend the rest of my career at. But right. when we sold, my wife went home to be a wife. And then I've really just been growing. So I'm a producing market leader for Movement Mortgage. And so I produce at a high level and I lead guys at a high level. And then what's interesting too, you know, the Loan Officer Leadership Facebook group, we have a passion to serve people. And so really last year, I just really started creating content designed tactically for the loan officer. You know, Jen, what I saw in the space was there's a lot of leadership, a lot of management, a lot of things for like the company people, but there wasn't a lot that was directed towards tactically. How do I originate? How do I right, hire right. team members? How do I go in and do the day-to-day? So here's what I realized. Let's just create a Facebook group and let's start throwing podcasts out. And then it started to catch traction. And that's how you and I came to build a friendship through the content that was created and doing everyday work originating loans. Yeah, I love that. So when you think about your career, and I want to talk in two facets of it, you know, right as you were getting to that pinnacle point where you now were becoming a top producer, what are some of the things that took you to that spot? Some lessons that you learned as you got to that peak? And then we'll talk about after the peak, what you're doing now, right? (laughs) Let's talk about what happened because we all had trials and errors. You know, we, we all had successes and things and, you know, anything that we can share with every, everyone that says, you know, if you're doing this, please stop. If you're not doing that, <laughs> please start, right? To get you to that. Oh point my point. gosh. Yeah, that's so funny, Jen, because when you just said that, I, th- I, I mean, I could go down a laundry list. Right. Um, well, I think what happens is this, as originators who are growing into top producers, what people don't realize is the price we paid. When I first started originating loans, I was dead broke, four houses in foreclosure, yeah. 250 a week in pay. I couldn't pay my bills and I was newly married. Right. So every deal I got mattered. And the truth is my first 12 months, I only closed, I think, eight transactions. Yeah. So yeah. I'm starving and growing. And then what happens is it's 100% commission. So as a loan officer, when you take that leap, you're going 100% commission. Every deal matters. Every lead matters. So when you make your first hire, the biggest challenge in most people's roadblock is the ability to trust somebody else's somebody oh, no else yeah. with your livelihood 
because it matters so much. And here's what looking back, we would have grown faster and we would have grown differently. But I think for me, I needed to learn that grow, you've got to put good people around you that you trust and learn how to let go of control. I think learning how to let go of control and allowing people to fail forward. You know, I was on a Zoom call with my market this morning and I told them, I said, the interesting thing is this, don't be afraid of making a mistake because there's no mistake you can make I can't fix. Right. And looking back, that's probably Mm -hmm. the greatest empowerer to people because as a leader, as you're hiring, let's say you're a producer and you're bringing on a processor, you're bringing on a front end, back end LOA, loan officer assistant, team members to help, they're not going to get it perfect. But if they can get it 70, 80% as good as you can, (laughs) if you give them permission to fail forward, they won't be paralyzed by fear. In the past, when somebody made a mistake, I was so hard on them that they literally, good people were paralyzed by fear because I was fearful about making a good living. Yeah, I love that. And I'm smiling about that. You know, so for those of you that are watching the YouTube, I'm smiling about it because I talk about this all the time is that, you know, we have these invisible chips on our shoulder, you know, that I built it. They want me. They want, you know, everything about me. But the fact of the matter is what they want is the feeling they get by working with you. And you build a system that allows for that beautiful feeling. And so when you're hiring people, you know, it's like, you know, let's get, let's flick that chip off your shoulder and allow for other people to help you grow and scale, right? But the question that always comes up, you know, and is something that I work on with my coaching clients is, is that we get to a capacity where we just want someone who breathes, right? And mm-hmm. that's the worst time to hire. And it's not having the defined roles in advance so that you're hiring people and instead of pointing fingers at them, you're pointing thumb at yourself and saying, I'm the fault. I didn't have an onboarding plan. I didn't have a very defined role that has deep tranches so that everyone's clear. There's no, there's no concern about overlay where I come in and say, just let me do it. I can do it faster, right? Because that becomes yes. enabling rather than empowering our people. And the other part I love that you just said is that we think we do everything perfect, but as you scale, you actually start having leaks in your systems, right? And you're only functioning at 40 or 50% capacity. And so why in the heck wouldn't you hire someone if you're, you know, your example is 70 or 80% capacity because they're actually doing better than you, right? And we have to realize that. But before you got to the point that you could hire someone, what did you do in your business that got you to that point? Were you more about hey, realtors? Were you more, did you wear builders? Were you consumer direct? What did you do? Hey, well, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me. So you got me stirred up. So I'm thinking all of these <laughs> things. So what's interesting is this. I was on a call because as a market, so here's what happens is in the position I'm in now, I'm hiring for my team, right. which is a top 1%. We do a lot of volume and then I'm hiring for a market. And what's interesting is this. I think what you've got to look at is, think about this. If you're closing two loans a month, and so we've got people in both of our groups that are closing two loans a month wanting to get to four. We've got guys that are four wanting to get to eight, yep. eight yep. that are wanting to get to 15. There's, there's ceilings you got to break through. Yep. Here's what's interesting. A guy who's at two going to four is going to feel like you have no more time. I got no yep. margin. My business doubled. Right. Yes, the work you did has doubled but it may not mean that you're ready to hire somebody. No. So here's what you got to look at. Right. There's lead indicators and lag indicators. Yep. Lead indicators are going to be how many leads a month are you getting? 
How much of that business is purchase versus refi? How much of that is converting? So if I'm getting 70 or better percent purchase leads that are coming in, and my trajectory over the previous three months is a growing trajectory, and I'm not dropping in conversion, because here's the problem. If I got yeah. 80 leads and I close four loans, you, you don't a have problem. a lead issue. You've got a conversion issue. Yeah, there's a big right? problem. Yeah. And so what you've got to do is be looking at lead indicators. And if those are all moving at the right pace, when you hit about six or seven or eight lag indicators, which are closings, I would say your first month, if I hit six to eight, I need a team member, or at least shared team member. Yeah. So I'm watching my lead indicators to make sure that it wasn't an anomaly. Right. So here's what, let, let me say this about mindset too, Jen. You know, the problem with leaders is this, we fail. And if we don't fail with other great leaders around us, we get into a place of saying, maybe it's a false start. Yeah. When I was uh, five, six, seven, eight years ago, I couldn't have grown the market like I've done. I've doubled the market every quarter. And what's happening is because now I understand the power of lead and lag indicators. But if I would have left, listened to the mindset of five years ago, like I tried to grow, but I wasn't watching both of the right indicators and it was a false start and I overhired and we got overstaffed and I had to let people go. Yeah. So yep. we have to also fight through the mindset of number one, just because I made the mistake in the past doesn't mean that it's not the right time now. Let the data help validate what I'm feeling in my gut and then bring other people that are further ahead around to say, hey, what am I missing? Do I have full capacity? Are we maximized? Is everyone at a place where they're being fully utilized? Because here's the other thing, you don't want to hire people and then they're really not working to capacity because now we're going into profitability. So I think mindset's a big piece too, but then you got to look at lead and lag indicators. Well, and I also think that you have to have defined roles. And I, you know, from my experience from having a big team, you know, and and doing, you know, a hundred million a year, you need to have real definition of roles and make sure that people know and have backup roles too, you know, have people cross, Mm. um, cross uh, training, you know, so that when someone is gone or leaves all of a sudden that we've got people that can pick up the pieces. And, And I think that what happens is we just need people. A lot of times when people bring on new people, they're like, I just can't do it anymore. I just need someone. So we need to make sure, right? And they just hire anybody and then they say they don't work. So I love that you said that, but, but I want to get back. And so get back to the question is, so what did you do in your business to create the volume that brought on the team? Okay. Well, it goes back to, uh, it's the activity. And, you know, I was part of a coaching program and I was there for six years. It helped me absolutely dial in my discipline. And what's, what's interesting, and I love that you're a coach in your program as well, you're helping people grow. And what I find is this, you need coaching primarily for the accountability, yes. as well as the direction and clarity of what to do. And here's what happened in the six years of being personally coached by this organization. I learned the daily disciplines and you'll hear everybody say, make your agent calls, do your Tuesday updates, do your, you know, your cold leads, yeah. uh, hot leads, you do your searching actives and you do builders and business. And what I would tell you is this, I feel like with technology, things are adapting. So I started with that as a baseline and I filled up the right activity every single week. And I knew that I needed to have a certain number of talk to's, a certain number of face-to-face, certain number of break breads to lead to a certain number of leads. And what I have done to literally, so I'm an active uh, originating team, but we're in our third month of over 120 active leads with a super high conversion. And like we are, doing it by finding out what I'm really good at. I'm a great presenter. 
Yeah. So I don't do a lot of robo dialing. I don't do a lot of mass dialing. But what I do do is I do a lot of agent masterminds. So up until this pandemic that just happened where everybody's on lockdown, I got up to this last month to eight agent masterminds. And what I do really well, I present really well. So Mm -hmm. what we did was this, I think you've got to understand what your strength is. Yeah. And then if you are closing probably less than 10, you you need to be meeting them face to face. If you're closing more than 10, 15, 20 units a month, you probably have less margin to meet agents face to face. So find a way to utilize bandwidth. We utilize bandwidth by making it into smaller, small groups. And then we go through an agent playbook. So I literally coach agents every single month on what are you posting in social media? Here's some great ideas. Here's wacky theme days. Here's some of the prospecting ideas that'll help you grow your business outside of the normal, make your phone calls, circle prospect, like we've got some really great coaching tools and techniques and every month it's brand new content we're writing. So it's helped me find a vein of what I do well and where I can touch. I'm touching 120 agents a month that are really bringing in super solid business. So that's been a huge help for me. And I I don't think you need to be paralyzed. No, I don't think so either. And I, you know, I love that you shared that. And I, I just want to give an opposite to that. Because when people are listening, you know, to this podcast, when they listen, I know everybody's taking copious notes and they're saying, okay, so that's what I have to do. I have to this, that, and the other, because he said to do it. And then the next podcast that they listen to, you know, someone else says to do something else. Okay, now I have to do that. And the reason I know this is because I speak all over the country and I see these panels of realtors and they go down the panel and they say, what's the best way to make, you know, create a relationship with you? And someone says, well, only face-to-face, only call me, never call me, only text me, right? And everyone's taking notes, every single answer, and it's just confusing, right? And so you do have to find where your high genius is. That is definitely key because for Great me, word. so for me, I had a total of 22 people that I worked with. I had a database of over 3,000, but a total of 22 people that I worked with, and that was $80 million a year with a team of five, right? 22 referral partners. That's it. I didn't make cold calls. I didn't call everybody every week. I really focus in on my clientele. My acres of diamonds is what I call it because we have acres of diamonds right underneath us in our database, right? Good book. That's what yeah. I did to, to have my business go. And I taught. I didn't have masterminds. I taught classes like I did yesterday. You and I were just talking about it. I taught this big online virtual uh, math class. I'll call it a math class for now. But I taught this big class to realtors yesterday. And you know that was where I could take the pick of the litter by doing one-to-many instead of one-to-one to one-to-one and phone calls and phone calls. One-to-many and be able to pick from the litter and then have a meeting with them to see if we are, we're a good fit for one another. And that's key, one another. We don't walk into meetings saying, oh my gosh, I hope that they love me, they love me. Because there'll be three things that will happen. Either you're going to like me or you're not. But I also, <laughs> get, I also get to choose whether I like you. And that that's is right. something that we failed to do, right? So I want to just be able to express that to everyone to say, you know, listen to the, the ideas that everybody has to present to you, try them out, but be sure that you're using something that aligns with you, aligns with your core values, aligns with what you want in life, right? And aligns with your skills because mm-hmm. you don't have to do everything. 
but finding what you can do. And so for me, it was great because the last eight years of my practice, I only worked four days a week. I never worked on weekends and I still did $80 million. Yeah. Hey, well, Jen, so, let, me, let me just speak to that real quick. I, yeah. I think what you're saying, by the way, uh, I'm on my third page, page of notes. So I love this. Um, <laughs> hey, it's being recorded. I, I love it. I love it. I got my notepad here. And um, here's what I would tell uh, to our audience that's listening to. Yeah. I think what I learned over the last six years was there are sometimes in life you do things out of discipline. Yes. But when you have the discipline of that done, You've got to go back to and say, like, like when I look at myself, I'm terrible at details. I'm great at vision. I'm great at strategy. And I'm even better at connecting people. That's what I'm gifted at. It's who I am. Mm-hmm. So what I had to do was say, now I found a discipline because before I wouldn't make 40 calls on a Monday or I wouldn't make 60 or whatever it is. I wouldn't make Tuesday updates. I wouldn't do Wednesday prospecting. So those gave me disciplines like working out. Yeah. But then I had to tailor a discipline to my body type or yeah. to my to who I am. And I think in the mortgage business, you have to do discipline work out of routine and just building your muscle. And then there comes a point in your career, if you want to go from four to eight and eight to 15, here's the deal. There's no reason I'm closing more than some of you are listening, or there's another guy closing more than another. We got Izzy, the number one loan officer in the country, going to be on a, on a town hall you and I will be on on Friday, over 100 units a month. Why is she doing more than other people? It's all in your mind. Yeah. But what happens is, is she's found and I found, and Jen, you found, what's your unique gift? Mm-hmm. What are you created to, and called to do? And if you'll lead with value in what your unique gifting is, people will already be attracted to you. And oh, here's yeah. the key. Two years ago, I was doing business with people I didn't like. Yeah, and I and another shift was I found people with similar vision, values, and beliefs that I know, like, and trust. And if I disconnect, I would go hang out with them. And so, one of the strategies to grow is to do masterminds and group activities. But the only way you're going to crush it is taking those ten or fifteen people and going deep. I did one with some of my best friends. I did a we're leading our industry in the Houston market. But I grabbed my top three agents, my top three partners, and I said, I need your voice in this community. And there's a camaraderie there that we go to battle together. So you have to throw a wide net to go deep. And then once you go deep, you still got to keep a net coming where people are like, you're a thought leader. But now I've found my sweet spot. So I hope that helps. Yeah, no, I definitely love it because I, I, the way that I explain that, you know, yes, we go wide. We have to continually bring new people into our fold, right? But we need to go deep. And a lot of people will say to me, you know, I just want to go deeper, but they don't understand how to go deeper. And so if we go deep and wide, both at the same time, right? With the ones that we want to, I always say, don't work with people that complicate you, work with people that compliment you. And so if they're complicating your team, you, whatever the case is, it's time to let them go. Life is too short. You don't want to work with those types of people. But when you go wide and deep with the people you want to, it becomes rich relationships. These are relationships that are lifetime. I haven't been originating in the real world for two years now, right? And I still get my realtors calling and saying, hey, can I bend your ear? Can I pick your brain? Can, and I still get them saying, Hey, my daughter's getting married. Can I come to the wedding, you know, to the wedding? And you know, oh these, these are relationships that I'll have for the rest of my life, regardless of the fact that I'm doing business with them. Right. And that's what they become. And you become very, you know, you start leaning on each other in a whole different way. 
And um, yeah, so there's, I mean, there's a gazillion different strategies. I say that all the time, gazillion. But there are tons of strategies that that you can use. And the whole key, you know, and has been for the last five years on this podcast, five and a half years, is just, you know, to listen to what we have to say and take pieces that you can implement into your life to make it easy to, to create that discipline that you're talking about. And it's not sexy. Discipline is not sexy. It is tough work. But this is what the great Les Brown says. I say it on this podcast all the time. If you'll do what is hard, your life will be easy. If you do what's easy, your life will be hard. And that's exactly what it is. So many people want to skip a stone across a lake to try to be successful. And there's just too much more depth that is needed in order to be truly successful. So anyway, yeah, I can get off on a tangent with that. I love talking about it. So what, that's what you're doing now. What you're doing now is I know you're doing a lot of virtual. You're, not, you're doing a lot of masterminding. You're presenting some calm, presenting some patience in what's going on in the marketplace right now. And, you know, I would encourage everyone who's listening to this to go look at my feed for my interview with Jonathan Slane, who is the author of Rock the Recession, and talk, you know, find out what he has to say about putting on an emergency break to make sure you're in the right position for it. Of course, this won't be posted until a little bit after the coronavirus is over. Thank God. Hopefully, we'll, we'll predict it. It'll be over by then. But I want to ask you a couple of other questions too. You know, as you're talking with your, uh, as we're, you know, our loan officers and realtors are both listening. What advice do you have for 2020 and moving forward? As you know, I'm calling it the soaring 20s, not the roaring 20s, but the soaring 20s. This is the decade that your business will soar. And having been in the business for 37 years, Every time there's been a recession, and I've been through many of them, my business has soared on the other side when I planted the right seeds right now here today. So you're planting seeds right now. What do you see for you and your team moving forward in the Soaring Twenties? Hey, and I love that. I love the... uh, We're going to have to post that in the Loan Officer Leadership Facebook group. (laughs) Uh, Soaring Twenties. Hey, here's what I would say. I think... You're 100% right on. I think with the coronavirus and everything that has happened, two things are happening. Leaders are emerging to the top. And I would encourage your listeners, you have a voice. You know, the statistics are even the most introverted person leads north of 14,000, 15,000 people in their lifetime. The numbers are staggering. And what we're seeing right now, oftentimes a leader doesn't feel qualified to lead, but in times of kind of chaos, in times of uncertainty, there's an opportunity to be a stabling voice in your community. Mm -hmm. And I think you, as an originator, as a realtor listening to this can say, what do I have to offer to my community? What kind of voice can I say, even if it's just informational? You know, I think you can, so I'm going to answer your question twofold. I think new leaders are going to emerge because of technology and a willingness to look silly. We say it in the podcast all the time. Mm -hmm. And I want to say it was Les Brown, but there's somebody who said, Anything worth doing is worth doing. How would everybody say it? Anything worth doing is worth doing. Right. My pa- yeah, well, that's what my parents in our generation <laughs> yeah. said. Yeah. Jen, listen to this. Anything worth doing is worth doing badly. Just get started. Yeah. And so yeah. many of your listeners are listening just like I was last year when I relaunched the podcast in the Facebook group. I was paralyzed by fear of perfection. And what I began to do is just say, look, I believe we can give hope. I believe we can lead the way. This does not lead to a recession. It leads to a thriving real estate community 
and the pent up demand is going to slingshot. And at times of crisis, there's an opportunity to really, I just got off the phone with my regional and some of my key leaders. And I told the guys, I think we can quadruple in the next 12 months because of the opportunity. And we're uniquely poised to not look at it as a recession or go into depression or look at the anxiety and the frustration. I've seen loan officers posting things like they're, they're just hanging out at home. Why yeah. aren't you getting on Zoom well, calls? Yeah, we had that with realtors. Yeah, we had that yeah. with realtors yesterday. You know, we had a little over 180 realtors on the call. And I said, well, where are the other thousands and thousands and thousands who are not, you know, are, who are doing sort of the, the monkey thing, right? Monkey, yes. I can't see. I don't want to say. I don't want to talk. I don't want to do anything, right? And that's, that's a bad mistake. It's a bad mistake in this environment to go hey, hide yeah, Jen, and great, be there with everybody. Well, listen, great leaders lead and lead how? Sometimes we lead afraid. Jen, you yes. don't have it figured out. <laughs> I don't have it all figured out. No, but no. And I, my goodness, it's changing. Yeah. Well, and you and I, you know what's interesting? The difference is, and this is what I told my guys at the LOLP, Law Officer Leadership Podcast. I just said, look, we're going to lead and we're going to make mistakes. But if we will lead and be hope and encouragement and be literally the ones who are saying there's an opportunity that we're going to come out of this thing so much further ahead. Because I love what Barry Habib, you know, you got to go back. I fight, fight fear with facts. Yep. Look at the statistical data. Dr. Ted Jones, chief economist for Stuart Title, great guy. He posted on his blog, some things, some slides, and I was showing it in the podcast. What people don't realize is they're saying the fear of a backstep or a recession but housing actually soared after 9-11, soared after SARS, soared after H1N1. And yep. people don't know this, H1N1, when it came to the U.S., it affected over 20 million people. Yeah. The, the deaths were staggering. The difference is it wasn't so prolific in the news. It wasn't a lockdown shutdown. Yeah. But, you know, housing well, people soared after yeah, that. Yeah, I know. And, and that's why it's going to happen again. And that's why if you're ever going to get your ducks in a row, you need to be doing it now. Yes, and doing it while you're sitting right now today. Need to be getting yes. your ducks in a row so that you can shine a light on your expertise coming out of this and emerging. And those that aren't will be gone. And we've seen it over and again. You know, there will be a filtering out of loan officers, a filtering out of realtors. And those of you that are listening, I don't want you to be that part. You know, I, I've never wanted you to be. That's why I created this podcast to help <laughs> you from the very beginning. I don't want you to be the person that leaves and says, oh, I'm done. I can't do it. Because you have all the tools. It's just putting them in place. And I, I call that execution laziness, right? So <sighs> why? What's going on? What's going on now that you're not executing? Where's the issue? And this is why coaching and mentorship and leadership is so powerful for you because you're saying, I, get me out of my thing here. Get me out of my own head. Get me out of my funk so that I can you know, continue to grow. So it's been a blast having you on. And I want to say thank you so much for sharing so much great wisdom with us. As we leave here, hey girl, today, hold I was on. Where you been all my life? I, I love this. I, love, I know I we can do we can do a nine-hour podcast. You and I could t- I could talk I, to you like for four or five hours. <laughs> I have to tell you, I have had so much fun, and I love your soaring twenties. I love the execution laziness. Oh. I mean, Jen, don't stop. I no, 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 going. I won't. I won't stop. <laughs> Thank you. Well, no, I want to ask you a question. What quote are you now looking to that is keeping you inspired right now? in your business. And I, in your I would life. have to tell you, it's what I continue to tell my people. If a boat doesn't sink unless what's on the outside gets on the inside. Love it. I heard that last week. And I'll tell you that last week, because I'm working 12, 15, 16 hour days, I'm leaving before the kids are up and I'm yep. getting home almost at time for them to get to bed. 
I've got an office just a mile away and I've got an eight, five and two year old. And, you know, last week I have to tell you, I really felt fatigued. And, and I just thought, here's the lie that you'll hear. How can I lead the LOLP community well? How can I be an industry thought leader? How can I lead my market? And how can I lead my high producing team? I don't know that I can do this. And what I found myself doing is saying, instead of that, when I heard this quote this last week, that boats sink only when what's on the outside gets on the inside. It was such an encouragement to me because it's like, we're designed to soar. We're designed to lead. I can do this. And if we will stay connected with people like you, Jen, and like our communities that we're building, the thought leaders that say we can rise above and truly lead an opportunity for people to be like, I've been doing this 18 years. We dreamed of times like this. Yes. And here and they we are. we have that opportunity. <laughs> so don't and, be paralyzed in fear. Yeah. Allow yeah. the opportunity. Allow, listen, you know what's interesting? Everything you need is on the inside of you. Yeah. Everything you need, God has placed on the inside of you. Yep. So you have to recognize there's nothing incomplete. You just have to allow not what's on the outside to get inside. And if you'll do that together, we're going to change this industry and we're going to touch lives because, hey, one last thing, our clients and borrowers, I was on the phone yesterday with a client who had a refinance alone would save him 3500 a month. Right. Because we are restructuring his debt. His debt, which is a game changer. Yeah. And I'm telling you, we have an opportunity to leave clients, our industry, friends and family. I'm so thankful for you, Jen. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of our community. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you again for showing up. And I'm so excited to continue to move forward with you. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. And, you know, sky's the limit. And I'm looking forward to have a rich relationship with you long-term, yeah. right? That's what we want to yeah, do. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's what we want to do. Well, everybody, I want to say thank you again for, for listening to us. And listen, if this is your first time, welcome to our community. Hopefully you had a blast on this podcast and you say, gosh, I want more of it. So get more of it. Be sure to subscribe. Make sure you're subscribing to it. Please pay this forward. Share it with other people so that they can listen in, especially your, real t- your realtor partners so that you guys can learn together listen to this podcast and then sit down and say, how can we apply this to our businesses and help each other's businesses grow? And more importantly is please head on over to Facebook and make sure you uh, join our community of Mortgage Lending Mastery. We'd love to have you in the community because we are doing some behind the scenes, the show, the after the show show, and you'll get more information from us as time goes on. So Again, I want to thank you so much for joining us and we will catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Looking to streamline and launch your practice by accessing Jen's tools, courses, classes, presentations, and resources? Visit jenduplessis.com to learn about the features and benefits thousands of other professionals have experienced by enrolling in Jen's lifetime membership program. Isn't it about time you consider a coach to take your business to new heights? Contact Jen to start your application process today. Thanks again, and be sure to tune in next week.